0: Welcome to episode 112 of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC animated universe, co-created by Bruce Tim. I'm Chris Lord. I'm Cameron Dexter, and we're back. We're back. We are on topic for the first <laughs> we, time in a month. I think. I think so. Yeah. I know. We're we are we are back, and even less prepared than normal. <laughs> I, it's hard to believe sometimes. It really is astounding. I have basically no news. Uh, yeah. I didn't look through notes from friends. I have like one kind of bat plug. Okay. Uh, hey, that's that's all you need. Guys, I was in Denver all weekend and I just spent twelve hours yesterday traveling. I'm exhausted as fuck. Uh, but we're here. We're so excited to be here. Can you hear the excitement in my voice? As yes, yeah, so can much. You, can you hear it? Yeah. Yeah. No, actually it is it is nice. Uh I, I miss Batman Beyond. Yeah, <laughs> I also, I also maybe had some like slightly sad realizations about this series as I was watching episodes this week. What? Then it's almost over? Um, no, something different. We we will get to it. Okay. Um, I, I feel like we really don't have any news this so week, though.
1: How? Let's rephrase that. We have news that we're not ready to talk about. <laughs> A lot happened. We just don't. I didn't have time. We don't have to, a, a good. We don't have. I mean, we don't really analyze. We just kind of summarize. Yeah. I but didn't we ha- don't have the bandwidth for either right now.
0: No. Maybe I. Did I already make notes about news? So we, we,
1: had, uh, we had a bunch of trailers no. come out this week. Oh, plus all the Oscar stuff. Black Panther
0: won three. Yeah. Back, Black Panther won three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the winningest film of the night was Bohemian Rhapsody. That's weird. Yeah, it's but, a fine movie. But I mean, I'm trying to remember the all things it won for because it won for sound editing, sound mixing. I feel like editing, uh, right? Yeah, did, it did win editing. Yeah, yeah. Be, so sound yeah. editing, sound mixing, editing, and then best actor, actor. for Rami Malek. I mm-hmm. think if you're gonna award that movie things, those are all fair. I think Rami Malek's great. Yeah, um, and yeah, it makes sense to give sound to the musical. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess. There are other musicals this year. Well, I guess it's Mary Poppins, but I don't think they got a nomination for that. I don't think so. Um, yeah. But, I mean, I think that kind of fits. And then, yeah, Black Panther won for production design, costume, and then score, which I was happy to see. Yeah. I, I love Louis Goran's score on that. Who um, won
1: the original song?
0: Shallow. Oh,
1: you're right. Duh.
0: Of course. Yeah. How can I be so foolish? <laughs> like, I have to admit, that was a pretty incredible performance. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of it, I'm just like, just Fuck. Yeah. Like, just fuck, guys. Like, honestly. Well,
1: you have to say it with the after party, Chris.
0: I did have a friend point out, and I didn't notice this when, when we were watching it, uh, but a friend pointed out to me that at the introduction- that She was orange? The, the, she that was she bright, was orange. bright orange, orange. She was dramatically orange. But but on top of that, when they went to go start the song, that uh, Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper grabbed hands in front of his baby mama. Like, she was sitting between them. Amazing. just grabbed hands right Amazing. in front of Amazing. <laughs> because she also didn't i
1: i'll oh go to ward oh it was uh best actress uh the baby mama was the only one that didn't stand up when uh olivia coleman that's yeah her. olivia coleman won yeah uh, and that's usually fine if you're not front row oh yeah that's problematic She's front row corner chair and didn't stand and how could you not it's olivia coleman i mean that was the that was for me the highlight of the
0: night it was her 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 speech speech was amazing yeah it's so it's so genuine and so funny Mm -hmm. i i adore her also if you guys haven't seen the favorite go watch it it's yes it's really really good good. yeah i Um, mean it i would have voted
1: that best film i would have picked roma yeah, you have to. No, I
0: don't have to, have actually. To. I don't have to. This podcast is paid for by <laughs> your company. By my company. <laughs> no, as I genuinely think, that wasn't my favorite movie last year, but I think it was the best movie that I saw. Okay. Um. Yeah, it's a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. It's gorgeous. So, uh,
1: yeah. So, so in, in our world of news... Oh yeah, uh, we had a, we had a handful of trailers. that we'll, I'll just kind of skim through the list real fast. Yeah, uh, we had a Hellboy trailer. Looks great. Looks fun. Yeah, uh, we had Dark Phoenix trailer. Just saw the whole movie. Yeah, yeah
0: I know. I uh, that movie's not going to be good, is it? No, no.
1: I mean, when is that? That's one of those series that when when was the last time you had faith? Not counting Logan, you had faith in an X Men film.
0: Well, I mean, I had faith going into Apocalypse. Okay. Well, because I, I look, I, I love, assume I did too. I just don't remember anymore. Right. Yeah. Because it was such a horrible experience. I loved First Class. I was super excited about Days of Future Past. Mm-hmm. Days of Future Past, I enjoy it for what it is, even if I am sad that they didn't spend more time in the 60s, like doing classic X Men stuff. But I was like, okay, I get what they're doing with this, though. And for the most part, it's a really good execution of it. So going into Apocalypse, I was like, oh, I love Apocalypse. They did a great job with Future's Past. This is a really great cast. Um, yeah, super excited for it. Then it's terrible.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah. I was... I mean,
1: I just remember... I will stand behind Olivia Munn for the rest of my life, most likely. Eh, She's probably fine. not. She's fine. I, I, I mean, she was such an integral part of my... This is my, true. my teenage years. Uh, rest in peace,
0: attack the show. God, <laughs> I miss you every single day. Do you have like a... Like a, like a sad song you play in your head every time you think about Attack of the Show. Just the theme song. Just the theme song. Just, <laughs> but like, is it like a lower key version of it? Uh, no, no. <laughs> it's not done by like a children's opera or something like that. Like a real sad remix. Well, I,
1: it's hard because it's it's the song is just like technology sounds.
0: Okay, I've never actually. <laughs> seen i I've, I I've would never sure seen, seen Attack of the, the show. show. It's amazing. <laughs> never seen it.
1: It's it was. It's something that can't exist anymore, and I understand why it's not on the air anymore. Why can't it exist anymore? Because it's it's a summary. It's a daily. It, what it was, it was a daily summary of the internet. Oh, okay. Uh, and there's too many sites that do that now. Like Attack of the Show, uh, was, in my opinion, was the boom of nerd culture online, where okay. we had like Gizmodo come out of it, Io9 come out of it, uh, fucking Adam Savage. Nope. That's that's MythBusters. Um, the other Muscle Adam, Man Randy Savage, Macho Man Randy Savage, famous host of Attack of the <laughs> Show. No, there was a, a show called X Play, mm-hmm. which was focused specifically in video games. Okay, Adam, I don't remember his last Adam name. Adam Scott. Nope, not gonna go into it. Um, <clears throat> he 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 left the show and just basically ran. Who owns Gizmodo? What's the parent company? Gizmodo, IO9, and someone else are all owned by. IG, not IGN. He he. I think he just kind of went in and took over IGN. Oh okay. Uh, and you know all of these, you know comic book movie, comic book resource, all these things, kind of were blossomed out of the show. Yeah. Uh, and so now there's just so much, there's too much content for them to
0: compete with. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's so much faster to just go and scroll through a website real quick mm-hmm. or like look, look at Twitter, Instagram to see what like the major things are yeah. rather than, yeah. Cause the segments were basically
1: the first 10 minutes of the show was, uh, around the net, which is, you know, 10 minutes of YouTube. Yeah. Uh, or 10 minutes of YouTube videos. And then it was, uh, tech prawn, uh, was just tech reviews. Um, the feed, which was just kind of like discussing the big articles of, of the, of the day. Yeah. Um, and then they would interview one and two people, and then they would do a bit, and that was the show.
0: Yeah, and I guess that makes sense, because when it was on, it was on... Oh, my God, it started in 2003
1: was when Kevin and Olivia started it. Okay, so I mean,
0: this is well before people were watching TV online. Like, this, right. like you yeah, would watch yeah, the TV yeah, yeah, show yeah. to get a recap of what's online.
1: Yes, yeah, and then um, it ended 2013. 2012 i don't know if it went so long it's mm-hmm.
0: also do you have a piano i can borrow to drop on the yipping dog out on the street uh no
1: but i think that that little
0: boat thing you have there might work oh my drink trough yes it's a pirate ship yeah i know that's <laughs> why i said boat thing <laughs> but it actually has like a mast with a pirate flag on it. oh my god it. that's amazing my mom sent it to me. oh my god that dog he's, he's talking to the bird hit that dog sorry right. <laughs> no i'm not gonna hit the dog hey
1: hey we've, we've been over we had we've talked about this already how in batman uh, child abuse is hundred percent okay <laughs> but the second you touch a dog you better turn that camera away because we're not we're not gonna see that i mean thoughts on that when we get to alita at the end of the episode <laughs> yeah, oh god yeah uh (laughs) sorry so
0: so news uh yeah we had the hellboy trailer that's uh, dark phoenix trailer looked not good at all okay with the entire movie and they like acknowledged it too like oh yeah we want to like really establish the stakes by telling you right in the trailer who dies yeah we already knew that basically we didn't have to confirm it for us going into the damn thing Mm -hmm. but i mean fuck it whatever i feel like that
1: was uh jennifer lawrence's stance of like People need to know that I'm fucking done with this. (laughs) They're going to know as soon as possible I'm not going to be part of the press circuit. I think that was probably it. I think she didn't want to be in the press circuit. Probably, yeah. So they showed you that she's dead. (laughs) So no one asks, why isn't she here? She out Harrison Forded Harrison
0: Ford (laughs) on this one. (laughs) Not only like, okay, fine, but you have to kill me. But not only do you have to kill me, you have to tell everyone that I'm dead. Everyone has to know immediately. (laughs)
1: Like Just, we can't make it the first scene. Like no, before the movie they're gonna know.
0: Yeah, write me out of this as fast as you possibly can. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I do like with that movie though is I love their costumes because mm-hmm. it's their the Grant Morrison new X Men run inspired. Or I guess Frank quietly technically, but I'm like okay, those are kind of cool. Yeah. The rest of it's gonna be garbage though. Absolute garbage. Um, and we had a new Shazam trailer that came out literally today. Yep. Looks fun. Yeah. I I, I, I I'm, chuckled. I'm at, I'm at not peak but i i can't get any more excited yeah it's it's not something that i'm dying to go see i mean mm-hmm. obviously we're going to see it it looks entertaining um i actually i, f- I figured out the perfect analogy of what it is okay of reaching peak
1: aci- peak excitement have you ever played oh god i realize it as i'm before i even said it this time Have you ever played competitive tetris <laughs>
0: what what if i told you <laughs> That not only have played competitive Tetris, have you? But that I am a world-renowned champion of competitive. Tetris. I mean, I would believe the first part. No, Cameron, I've never played a competitive <laughs> Tetris. Like <laughs> this is this is what I love. Is what I'm like pitching you, to like my coworkers, because obviously those who follow us in uh, social media know that I brought Cameron to our Oscar party. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like my friends, like my coworkers, ask me who I'm bringing. Like I'm bringing my friend cameron he's my podcast co-host he's awesome he's an incredible animator um he's like super artistically talented like look at all of his work like oh he sounds amazing like no he's incredible also he's somehow nerdier than i am <laughs> and i'm like cameron i'm the nerdy guy in the office yeah i've had people like ask me in meetings like oh hey chris like this thing is has something loosely to do with comic-con can you tell us about comic-con yeah like i'm the nerdy guy and i'd be like no no he's He's nerdy. Mm-hmm. He's real nerdy. I I like to to normalize the weird. That is a very good way of describing yourself. Yes, yeah. and look, I'm not criticizing you too. You own it in this fantastic way.
1: Oh, I mean, I I've I've been owning owning it since Comic Con. This like is th- true. That was the point when I'm like, oh, this is okay. <laughs> uh, and then when I moved, to I LA, was born this way. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Lady Gaga, for finally making a song for me. <laughs>
0: the Gaga. Uh, so okay, in, in, but in, in, I'm gonna I'm gonna regret asking this, but please explain what I was competitive tra- Tetris and what it has to do with this podcast. So when you today. make uh,
1: when you're playing against someone in Tetris and they fill a line, you have a gray line that pops up at the bottom of your screen. Okay, um, and then you have I don't have to get anywhere past that, but you have to you know clear that in order to to continue moving on. Okay, so the analogy I was trying to go with is you have the Tetris board when it's clean, uh, I can fill it. You know, I can fill that bar all the way to the top, and that's peak excitement. But with DC Films now, there's so many stacked gray bars at the bottom that I, I'm at, I, I can't get any more excited, but I'm nowhere near peak excitement anymore. Does that make sense? Is that a good visual representation of what I'm feeling
0: inside? That is one of the most niche... <laughs> Analogies I've ever heard, Cameron. You understand how analogies work, right? Like, you were supposed to take something specific and make it broad, yeah, 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 so that people can understand it. But no, somehow you found something more niche than the Shazam movie.
1: <laughs> hey, it's not niche right now because a game just came out on the Switch called Tetris 99, which is a Tetris Battle Royale game, Fucking and heck. it's amazing. <laughs> You know, what battle royale games are no. <laughs> what are is it like um, Smash Bros? No, it's 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 the it's the fortnite it's the PUBGs. Oh, it's the you're in a hundred person arena. Wait, so there's hundred people playing Tetris at the same time? Yes, that's why it's Tetris ninety nine because you and you're you're competing against ninety nine players. How does that even work? Uh, you're just kind of paired with one. I assume I haven't played it yet. You're paired with one or two people, and it's just like that little group. And once you eliminate one person, then you are against another person in that group. Uh, so it's okay. last man standing of just so it's a speech. bracket. Uh, yes, but everyone's still
0: playing at the same time. Okay. Because yep. like like Fortnite and those other games, like it's a it's a massive open worlds like MMORPG sort of thing, right? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hey, I know things. You got it. I know really How archaic video gaming terms. Uh, um, I don't subscribe to reddit r slash video games neither do i,
1: so uh, it's, I did r, it's r slash gaming chris but i also don't subscribe to it i
0: also uh just today finally signed up for reddit welcome i i have been kind of actually avoiding it for a long time that's because, how i was because i kind of figured that i would get absorbed into it and then i realized that it would actually be very useful for work in a lot of ways in terms of mm-hmm. like finding new content to work on yeah it's so like oh i should go ahead and sign up for it um, yeah, it, it's a it's a great curator curator website. Yeah, so maybe now I'll be like more involved in like the DCAU Reddit too because I looked at it a little bit and it's good for people. Also, I just realized the bird you referenced there is a bird outside the window chirping too. Yeah, God damn it! Did you not hear that? No, <laughs> I was too focused on the fucking dog.
1: I'm I because I have I for how I brought this up in the podcast once before. <laughs> I have the worst crows right outside my right outside my apartment window. Yeah, uh, that I know it's. <clears throat> I know when it's going to be a rainy day because they won't wake me up. And so I get really excited now <laughs> when there when there's rain. You're the only person left in L.A. still excited about the oh rain? God, it's ex- I, well, they wake me up every day at 4 a.m. on the dot. Oh. Uh, and so, yeah. So when I get to sleep in to 6, it's a blessing. Oh, my God. Um, but because of that, I've been, like, hyper aware of, of bird noises around yeah. my apartment. Um, and it's just, like. Especially when I'm working on a video, because like if I'm dealing with audio, I have to be like super in tune with, you know, if there's like a blip or uh, a pause or anything like
0: that. Yes, please. Please, camera, explain audio editing to me. Explain how that works. I mean, I do it professionally, Chris. (laughs) You know what? I do too, actually. Yes.
1: Yeah. You get it. You understand the problem. So when I'm when I'm working on stuff, I get super aware of every noise. Yeah. And so when like. There's someone mowing the lawn or someone talking or someone like starting their car up outside. I, I, I get so angry just immediately. <laughs> should should this podcast, this episode just be about all the built up rage you and I have right now? Uh, I mean, we I, that does kind of connect to this these episodes. Actually, I guess it
0: does a little bit. Yeah. Well, why don't we go ahead and get into them? I guess at, we can this, start the episode now. We can get into Welcome it. Welcome to Tim Talk. <laughs> Welcome to Tim Talk. We're season three. Yeah. Batman
1: Beyond, the final season. Season three of Tim Talk. They've run out of points
0: of conversation, so they're <laughs> just
1: uh, think, recycling no, from season one. We're, we're
0: way past that. I, I think we're in solid like season six at this point now, okay. where we're we're just we're caricatures of our own selves. Yeah, l- like every other like sitcom, we just gotten meaner as time mm-hmm. has gotten on. <laughs> We've become self-parody and more
1: obnoxious. Yeah. I thought of a... Sorry, one more sidetrack. Uh, I, I was at a brewery yesterday, and I thought of a great, uh, like, really weird Bob's Burgers episode. Okay. Uh, and I want to pitch it to, to Shane to do a, uh, a spec on, about yeah. it.
0: Well, then don't say it.
1: I'm going to say it anyway, because I think don't. it's a fun idea. <laughs> you, no matter you just want the credit out there. Yeah. <laughs> Someone else could write the spec script. I don't care. Okay. Because it's not... It's not so important. Uh, the episode is the premise is super simple. It's uh, Bob installs a new door for the burger place, uh, but they were, they installed it backwards, mm-hmm. and so it's a push door, but everyone thinks it's a pull door, <laughs> uh, and so he starts losing business because he can't convince people to just open the door properly.
0: Yeah, that's very Bob's Burgers. Right? actually. that's like a really really good plot for a
1: Bob's Burgers episode. Because the the place we were, we were down in Anaheim and the the bar we were at just had this. The, the door opened both ways. Like It was a, it was a full swing door. Mm-hmm. Uh, but people... There was a, a strong wind. And so people who were trying to pull it couldn't get it open. And we saw maybe five or six people just leave. Just walk away. Because they couldn't we open could the door. The door. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, holy shit. They're
0: losing business because of wind. Yeah. That's <laughs> great. Wait, did I ever tell you the idea I came up with for an Archer episode? No. So... It would be that they it's Archer. This probably would have had to work back in an older season because now they do like the specialized. They stuff. can't do it in space. No, I don't think so. Uh, but the idea would have been that they they go on this mission and it involves uh, the one woman that Ray has slept with. So it's Ray oh and Archer. Oh my god, that would have been amazing. Ray and Archer go on this mission together, and Archer is like actively trying to sleep with her, and Ray is trying to stop it because it's like just the, like the one like that's the one woman he's ever slept with. Um, and then Archer does sleep with her, but then he worries that it's going to turn him gay. Cause it's like, he assumes it's what happened to Ray. Yeah. Yeah. That
1: would have been an amazing episode. <laughs> I, I think you w- could, you could still pitch that one. I probably could. I think maybe I, not I the wrote, second half. Of that. I wrote like
0: I I haven't figured out what to, I, I couldn't remember what to do with the rest of it. I wrote like a scriptment for, it. I might have even have like written some of the stuff. So I, I think, yeah, the
1: first half of that I think would be hilarious.
0: Yeah. Uh, and I then the
1: second, half I think that could be like a, a like a, maybe a running joke. Yeah. Maybe not. I I remember, I
0: remember that was a point of it, but I can't remember exactly how it panned out. It's been a while. I just like vaguely recall it off the top of my head. Mm -hmm. But yeah. If you have any script ideas. (laughs) Do you you have spec script ideas for our favorite cartoons starring H. John Benjamin? Yeah. Let us know. Let us know in the comments down below. Okay. So King's Ransom, Ransom. season three, episode one. King's Ransom. Um, Yeah. Like this one, this is kind of interesting. I liked this episode. It was a unique, as a story,
1: at least in this world, I hadn't seen before.
0: Okay. All right. Yeah. Because. Okay, that's interesting. Because I have a, a, a kind of a, a question to ask at the end of it. Okay. At, like after I kind of summarize it, but like because the the idea here is that uh, the Royal Flush Gang is really on the outs mm-hmm. at this point. Um, ten is gone. Ten. Yeah. Ten's gone. She now has like an, an honest job as a, a waitress. At a restaurant, mm-hmm. and then the rest of the gang is re- basically resorting to having to do crime for hire. So like, it's no longer for their own. While prestige. still having this elaborate mansion. Yeah, well, I guess no. They're they're living out of an old, like an abandoned casino. Oh, is that what it was? Well, yeah. I mean, there was a massive casino sign over it, and oh, there was like roulette tables and stuff.
1: I, yeah. I just saw the, the cards hanging from the ceiling The card,
0: Yeah, that's why It's, it's, it's kind of like the Joker It's like, oh, where is he? Oh, in the abandoned building that's themed to their crimes Yeah Maybe we should check there Just a hunch Um, But yeah, so now they're stealing Like really <clears throat> old Sorry, sorry you, Excuse me You bastard Pardon me Professional audio editor Cameron over there Who really hates it with background going on? He's going to throw in some ASMR, too? Just yeah. the hell of it? Asthma? I, I need a drink of water. I legitimately need a drink of water. God, don't do it. Dude, it was three degrees in Denver. I'm dry <laughs> as fuck right now, okay? Uh, so, yeah, so the Royal
1: Flush Kings is uh, out of money. Yeah, <sighs> So good. So much better. Uh, Higher. They
0: they did a job with... Packs and pa- Powers. Packs, they're they're, and they're powers. stealing really old Colombian art, mm-hmm. um, which somehow Bruce has known all along. Yeah, didn't quite get that exactly. Of course he does. I guess he keeps tabs on people for these exact sort of things. Yeah,
1: I was so so when I saw it was like a cat statue, mm-hmm. and then like a woman stepped out of the the car. I'm like, oh,
0: cat woman, I, Selena. Yeah, I I I've seen all these, so I knew that they'd never really had a, a Selena moment, but I kind of forgotten the details of it. So the same thing, cause it's a cat statue. and Yeah, they they go to hand it off to Paxton. And before he gets out of the car, it's uh, Miss Thorpe, his assistant, gets out first. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, shit. I had the same moment. Like, oh, wait, is this is this a Catwoman thing that I completely forget about this? I think it was deliberate on their part. Yeah. Um, also, is Miss Thorpe somebody? Uh, no. I don't think so, right? I don't, I don't think. Is that a reference to another character? I don't think so. I think because they, um, I'm just trying to look it up real fast. Because when they, well, maybe, hang on. Oh, but that's specifically because of DCAU. Never okay. Mind. Just because when we first meet her, um, she, like, beats the shit out of King. Mm-hmm. And it almost made it seem like she had some sort of powers. But I think this is just Paxton's version of mercy.
1: Yeah, that, that was about to say. It just felt like mercy.
0: Yeah, just kind of a mercy thing going on. Um, But, yeah, like, Paxton refuses to give them money for it, so they decide to ransom him. And, of course, Bruce ain't having that shit. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, where they, yeah, they kidnap powers and they're yeah
1: calling the company like, hey, give us 20 million dollars, 20 million credits. Uh, and Bruce was just very flat of like, that's yeah, company policy. We don't spend we don't give money on for ransom.
0: Sorry, yeah. Bye. But the best part of that is Paxson should know that he wrote the policy. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Bruce, Bruce was
1: just stone cold this episode.
0: Bruce gets the best just moments of being a total baller dick mm-hmm. um he has a, one of my favorite lines of all time in the whole show is uh in the next episode too we'll get to it we'll get to it um but i want to know now chris no
1: <laughs> yes you have to be patient Cameron. how dare you keep some semblance <laughs> of structure in this in this episode someone's i want g- chaos chris. someone's got to try and keep the sinking chaos
0: would that make you the
1: podcast villain? I mean, it, uh, you know, evil is in the eye of the beholder, right? Right? <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's the idea the, of, the of villain. what you believe is wrong. The villain is always the hero in his own mind. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I could never be the villain. No, you're always doing the world a favor.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: the world just has to understand my point of view. And adhere to it. God, so I, I watched Free Solo. Sorry, another tangent. I watched Free Solo over the weekend. It's good. Unbelievable. Uh, but the way he described climbing is the same way I feel like an addict describes drugs. How did he describe it again? Uh, it was basically like, hey, I, like everyone's going to die. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to die. You know, I have a bunch of friends that have died doing this. It's not going to stop me from doing it because I enjoy it. Although I'll probably die. Yeah, even though I'm going to die doing this. Yeah. Uh, and... You know, if everyone's gonna die at some point, why not die doing what you doing what you wanna do, do it on your own terms. Fair enough. I'm like you just described, you know, heroin. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. He he is His girlfriend's in- concerned about him the whole time. I know. She understands why he's doing it, but doesn't want him to continue doing it, especially if they're gonna bring a family in. It it's This an- movie's a metaphor for for the drug problem in America.
0: Addiction. It's it is an interesting movie. I quite liked it. I loved it. Um, I went and saw on an IMAX too, which was really gorgeous. Oh, okay. Oh, I yeah, I saw it in the uh, yeah the Grove IMAX theater. Okay.
1: Yeah,
0: the screen. Right. Um, oh, I'm glad you saw it in a the theater too. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it, it is really good. I I think he's an interesting character because he's like kind of somewhere on the spectrum, mm-hmm. and but he is very self aware. It's like he's Aware of the fact that he's emotionally distant, mm-hmm. and there are times when he cares about that and tries to change, and times when he doesn't. Yeah, I thought that's interesting. Um, well,
1: I mean, they even go into it a little bit because yeah. the
0: mom, the you know, the, the the
1: brief interview with the mom, where she's like, "Yeah, uh, we called him names very well through his formative years." Yeah. Um, what, what surprised me about the show or the movie was how heavy they leaned into his relationship. Well, I think
0: they had to because they had to give us a reason to care about him Mm -hmm. because he himself is not a super likable character. I mean, he's a person, but in the context of the film, he's a character. Yeah. And then on top of that, we also know how it ends. Yeah, he does it. Yeah, so you're not really, uh, there's not the suspense of whether he makes it or not, because you know that he does. So they mm-hmm. had to like kind of manufacture that suspense and also find a, find a, an avenue by which to get us invested in him. Um, and so I'm, I like that movie, but I'm still a bit bitter that RBG didn't win. And not just because yes, my company made it, but because this podcast is sponsored by, uh, your participant company. media. Yes. Participant media. Um, but what I liked about that movie in particular was that as you watch it, you fall in love with her. Mm hmm. And a huge part of that is all the people around her and why they love her so much. Yes. And I think that was why I preferred that film as I watched it and I'm like, oh, like I really, I really I've really, i always obviously admired and respected her, but I came out like, oh my God, she's amazing. Yeah. I adore her. She's like one of the most important people on the planet. Absolutely love her. And I think for me, that's really incredible storytelling. I think Free Solo is more technically impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get why the Academy did it too. Like, that is more of a newer style of film, mm-hmm. and so if they're trying to be a little bit more diverse in who they hand out awards to, we're cool. We're, we're, what cool. The we're with the user watching today, it. yeah, um, um, yeah,
1: yeah. We'll talk about it more off air, but I just wanted to no, tell Let's, you let's keep I, talking about it now. Oh, I would love to. So, I <laughs> um, one of the aspects of the film that I really enjoyed was when we we I'm, like we hear from him not really, it's kind of the do du- the the dual points of his thinking and the cameraman's thinking. Oh, the yeah, The director's thinking where he the director's worried, um, what's the main guy's name? I Alex it. Alex. The director's worried Alex is going to push himself too far because the cameras are on him., uh, where Alex has the opposite thinking of he's not going he's not going to go to his extreme. Because he doesn't want to fall while his friends are watching. Yeah. And I thought that was very interesting. Like that that was kind of the most emotional part for him. Yeah. Where he's like, Yeah, I can't like if I was doing this by myself and I fell, it's whatever. I'm just another number. I'm just another guy. Yeah. But if I'm doing it in front of my friends, then it's then it's traumatic for them. Yeah. It's really good. Go watch it, guys. It's amazing.
0: Yeah, that's our early bat plug for the episode. Yes. Go watch Free Solo. Even though you already plugged it two weeks ago. But it's fine. I think this is how it normally happens, though. It's from the other way around. Like, you will pit like plug something, and then weeks later, I'll finally like, catch up to it. Mm-hmm. Which is going to happen later this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Again. Um, uh, yeah, sorry. So we're in this episode. Oh, oh, well, Bruce refusing to pay the ransom. Mm-hmm. And so... Paxton tells them that he's got this secret stash of all this Colombian art, and they can go and steal one of the crowns and make money off of it. Um, but then Paxton's like, well, actually, if you kill Bruce Wayne, then I'll be promoted at the company. Like, I'll take his spot at Wayne Powers. And, and I I'll have all the company assets. All the company assets. Like, you, See, anything I like you that,
1: want. because that's something... I mean, I don't think we've seen it before, where, the, where they just team up with the villain. Oh, like the... Yeah, maybe, who you, who you see not. as the yeah, who you see as the lesser character is like, hey, let's flip the script a little bit. Uh, I know this crown is worth a lot of money, but
0: I'm the try- company's worth a lot more. I'm trying to think if that ever happened with like, like one of the B level villains, like a Daggett or a Cromwell or a Thorn or a Thorn or one of those. Maybe, but I do see your point of taking. It's it's an interesting evolution for both King and the rest of our Flash Gang and Paxton, mm-hmm. and and also the dialogue between
1: King and Queen. I really enjoyed because it's very mm-hmm. much a power struggle, um, of Queen wanting him to live up to you know the family name, and King, you know, kind I, of stumbling his way yeah, through I, everything. I think
0: was this the first episode that acknowledged that it's she. Was part of the Royal Flush Gang family? Uh, this is the first time I'd heard about it. I think it is. I think like this is the first time we've established that the sort of lineage mm-hmm. that she came from, that it was her who inherited the Royal Flush Gang and that he has adopted the name King through through marriage. Yes. But yeah, she basically calls him out and being like, you're like a popper. Like you're just some like random, you're just like a hood basically who married into this family and you're failing to live up the prestige of it. Yeah. Is, I don't know it's an interesting dynamic, and I feel like they they also were kind of deliberately setting her up to be an empathetic character mm-hmm. for good reason, as we will come to see. Uh,
1: dun dun dun. Dum dum dum. Yeah, and so Paxton and um, the the gang team up when Bruce and Terry kind of come to drop off the crown. They turn on him. Uh, Terry's knocked out by Ace. I enjoyed the movement of Ace because it's finally like it's like pure robot movement mm-hmm. where they're not trying to emulate human, you know, human problems anymore, where he gets smashed into a wall. And instead of trying to, like, get off of it or out of it, he just bends his arm
0: backwards yeah. to grab him. That was kind of fun. Yeah. Because yeah, he's always been, like, alluded to being a robot. But you're, to your point, they never really, like, fully embraced it.
1: Yeah. And yeah, it's now kind of it's very, it
0: very much so. Yeah. Um. Oh, but yeah. So then,
1: so then it's uh oh, Bruce. Bruce versus King and Queen. Yeah, uh, and then Ace Two shows up. Yes, Ace, Ace in the Ace, Hole. Ace the Puphound comes and beats up King, <laughs> which I loved. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, every time Ace gets I just gets wanted involved. them to say. Like, I wanted him to say his name. I wanted Bruce to be like, "Oh, my Ace in the Hole is here now," or well, he, something like. He makes a joke about it at the end. No, Terry makes the joke about it.
0: I thought I thought Bruce did.
1: No, because because uh, Bruce asked Terry "Why did it take you so long to get here?" He said they had an ace in the hole. No, Bruce says it. No, Terry says it. Mm. 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 I'm looking this up. It's very much Terry that says it, because then it fades uh, to
0: to King uh, back home. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Bruce responds with like or like, "Where were you?" It's like, oh, sorry, I got held up. It's like, well, it's fine. I had my own ace in the hole. Oh, no, so. goddammit, you're right. Hell yeah, I am. Also, hang <laughs> on. Got... this is, nothing... well, kind of to do with this. Uh, never mind. No, no. I was, I was going to point out that you were wrong about something you claimed you were right about recently. When? What? We, I need to know now. You, it was something like you said, I don't remember the context. It was like, you said three. I mean, it was supposed to be two. I'm like, no, you said two. We were going back and forth. And one of my friends listened to the podcast and backed me up on it. <laughs> I can't even remember. I can't okay, even remember while I'm trying to be petty. <laughs> oh, I got called out
1: hard at uh, at um, at the Disney bar out here in Hollywood. I'm talking about. It. Yeah, I'm gonna talk about it. Wait, you got called funny.
0: out at a Disney bar.
1: Yeah. Why? Was, I was. I felt embarrassed. Um. So it was the piano bar, the Darren Chris bar. Down, yeah. down in Hollywood. Um, Tramp stamp grannies. Yes. It's so it's, it's it's fun. Yeah. I need to go. Um. And. They were uh, the the woman playing piano was taking requests and someone was like, oh, eye to eye. Uh, and the guy singing what's with eye her. Eye? God, you scum. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, what's eye to eye? It's the song from Goofy Movie.
0: Oh, I've seen
1: the movie like once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's a it's a more niche song. Uh, But what's his face? Ariana Grande's brother was there being very interesting. Is it Frank? Yeah. Frank Grande. Mm-hmm. I didn't recognize him. I mean, I, I didn't know who he was or phrase that. Yes. Um, uh, but he's like, no, we're not doing that. I don't know that song. Uh, and so she took the mic from him. She's like, okay, well I'll sing it then. <laughs> so that was great. Yeah. Uh, but some, uh, then she made a comment of like, oh, this song is older than you. And he's like, I was born this year. And I'm like, oh, that movie came out in 96. And without missing a beat, he goes, it was 95. Try again. And I'm like, oh, oh, that hurts so much. Was she right? Oh, yeah, she was. What's her name? I don't remember. Lauren, I think. Whoever you are, I I I send you my love. I I put a $5 (laughs) in the tip jar and just left. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the the only noble exit at that point. I didn't. She didn't even look up at me. Uh, just like, just like, started like playing the song. Even, like, didn't, even, at, didn't even, even like, recognize. Because I mean, I do the same thing. <laughs> I, I, I did that in a meeting this week, and I like I regretted it immediately. But someone was talking about like Mickey stuff, and like, oh yeah, his they just celebrated his 80th anniversary. I was like, 90. Uh, and I'm like, what? I'm like, N- what? Nothing. But, but, <laughs> what? See, at least she owned her shame. Oh yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, she was also in the power position. I was not.
0: Yeah. Did you
1: like grab someone else's glasses just so you could push them up the bridge of your nose? Going, um, actually, Um, actually. (laughs) the VHS release date was actually January 1996. So technically, we're both right. (laughs) Uh, That's not true.
0: No, (laughs) you are technically wrong. I am the worst kind of wrong. (laughs) Okay, fine. So. Terry makes the comment about having his own. Yeah, because they never the they hole. don't say Ace's name at all, and that really made me upset. Okay, well he says it, um, but yeah. Then King leaves. So at this point, Jack was already arrested mm-hmm. at the beginning of the episode. Ten is gone. Uh, Ace is disabled, basically in the mm-hmm. fight, and then King leaves Queen behind to get arrested. So now it's yes. just him. It, like the whole rest of the gang is gone. He goes back to the hideout. He, he takes the crown. He takes the crown. He goes back to the hideout. Um, and then we discover, plot twist, <gasps> that he is having an affair with Miss, Myth Thorpe. Yes. Miss Thorpe. Miss
1: Um Miss Thorpe. I kind of wish the episode ended there. And just like, he just gets away with it? Yeah. No. I mean, it would have been, I mean, Catwoman did it all the time. She got away with everything. But like... Why but can't a man get away with anything these days, Chris? I'm like, nope. <laughs> nope. Nope, cut that out. Like, cut that just, line out.
0: <laughs> nope. Well, I'm going to leave it in there. <laughs> <laughs> Got to make sure we establish that you are the new villain of the podcast, Cameron. Yep. That's pretty, that's pretty Um, true. No, like, the thing is with Catwoman, we always kind of wanted her to get away with it. Yes, that's like, true. Like, I like King as a character, mostly because he's played by George Lazenby. hmm Who's that? What? Who? George Lazenby? Who's that? Uh, the best bond mm. <laughs> says no one ever. <laughs> <laughs> I have a soft spot for him. I would put him. Let me think about this. I would. Uh, it's only like six, right? Uh, is it fourth or fifth? I mean, obviously, Connery, Craig.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that great Pier- guy, Connery Craig. Connery Craig, uh, number one. Number two, Pierce Brosnan. Okay. So actually number three, I think for for me, number three is Pierce Brosnan. I love Pierce Brosnan. He's saddled with bad films, but he's my bond growing up. Gotcha. Um, and then this is where it gets tough because I love Roger Moore, just like mm-hmm. as a persona. And, but I don't necessarily love his movies. He's doing a very different kind of bond movie. So that's tough for me because he had more movies and is kind of like more endearing. But I think Lazenby is actually great in our magic secret service. I think it's, Help that he's encouraged by a really good film. Is this the look I have in my face every time? <laughs> every every, time. That's honestly why I asked yeah. this question, so you
1: can see what you look like.
0: This is you. Yeah. <laughs> this is you look I, like. I just
1: asked this so I could look at my phone for a couple minutes because I have to check some stuff. So keep going, please.
0: <laughs> um, so I would say, you know, okay, I'm gonna say Sean Connery. No, no, yeah, Sean Connery, Daniel Craig, Pierce Brosnan, Roger Moore. Oh, Roger Moore, George me, Timothy Dalton. I you to and say. Like, I love, I love Timothy Dalton. I'm sorry, Tim. Mm-hmm. Also, you are one of two Bond actors I've seen in real life. So I should have you. Oh my God. The two Bond actors I've seen in real life are like the lowest on the list. Wow. What does this mean? What does this mean, Cameron? Oh, also, the thing you're looking for was the thing they just posted on Instagram. Oh, okay. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um... But so I love King because he's played by George Lazenby, my fifth favorite James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what's that's some praise. <laughs> um, but he's not someone we we want to get away with it. And they, like I said, they've they've tried to establish Queen as being a little more on the sympathetic side. That um, you know, like she has this this legacy that's being tarnished by. Well, King. I
1: felt the I I saw her more as the antagonist to him. I felt more sympathy for King why because she was putting this title on him uh you know this this bar to hit
0: yeah when he's just trying to to keep it afloat but I guess is he is he really trying that hard to keep it afloat
1: uh I, I mean he's doing everything he can like, from what I can tell she this is actually the kind in the of, in the 22 minute contained story. But I have seen him do everything he can. See, he messes up every one of those steps. Well, that, and that's but exactly he it. He
0: tries. That's exactly it. It's like I actually thought this was kind of a dumb moment, but because it supports my argument, I'm going to say it was a great moment. Okay. Which is when I will hardly disagree when he gets <laughs> when you get to it when they are first breaking into the museum to steal the the jaguar statue. Mm-hmm. Jack is trying to deactivate the alarm, and because he's not doing it fast enough, it's saying like, oh this. Used to be Ten's job, which it was. Mm-hmm. We saw her do it. Uh, King like, gets mad, Check con- that off. got that continuity. King gets mad and slaps him, and I was like, "That's it's it's a lazy way to convey that he is the pro- like the cause of all the problems, but he is the cause of the problem. Like he is the one who's being super sloppy about the whole thing." He's just stressed out,
1: Chris. He's got a lot on his plate dealing with his family. You know, his daughter left him. Uh and he can't he can't get her back. When will men catch a break, Cameron? When will men learn? <laughs> you know. I, I really hope one of these days. <laughs> I'm, I'm continue. Uh, no, and, um,
0: You can do it. Nope. I I can't. It hurts too much. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's he's a, a dirty philandering scoundrel, and he gets caught because I guess Batman must have let. Queen get away Right mm-hmm. Like deliberately I think to track down Well King. I mean Did she Her card blew up Right Her her so, Transportation So he Batman did this like Real slick move Where she like Goes to punch him And he throws The handcuffs on her No and, yeah like, no, I know that part Yeah but then I'm she, saying she, after I'm trying to fill in The, the scene oh, how Where how she, she gets, gets away. back there
1: Cause I imagine she, it's She just starts running And Batman goes No
0: way No way Stop yeah. yeah cause she like Pulls out the, the card And like cuts through the chains But mm-hmm. did she have a Playing card left I don't think so she probably caught a lift. Yeah. That future lift. Yeah. It's fine. She had a discount code. It was worth it. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Because, I mean, uh, you know, and,
1: and, you know, 20, years does this take place in 2049? 2039. 2039. That was close. Um, I mean, Were inflation you? rate at that point is through the roof.
0: Also, is it 2029 or 2039? 2039. Is it? Yeah, I think so. Mm, I'll go with you. I don't know. I I can't think of the sound of the helicopter, the bird chirping and the dog barking. Hey. Also, the truth is, guys, we're in a soundstage. We just have an amazing Foley artist that hangs out in the background. I'm working my ass off over here, Chris, to give the illusion of an apartment recording session. We just want to give that sort of sense of verisimilitude as much as possible. Yeah. So we should wrap
1: this up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going so long. What do you mean? We're forty-five minutes in.
0: We're <laughs> almost to the first episode. This is what happens when I record tired. Uh, but yeah, he let her go, and then she's rightfully pissed. King has a great line
1: though when when Batman shows up, mm-hmm. uh, which is, "Do you have any idea of what it's like to live in someone's shadow?" Yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. I that's the
0: whole. That's my whole story. Well, so <clears throat> we're on season three of this shit, King. Yeah. So uh, I. I think I might have even mentioned this a few weeks ago. I had a I got a conversation on Twitter with uh, this guy Andrew Schweitzer, who he follows. He's all the DCAU stuff. He follows all of them, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I think it was the DCAU review episode. They were talking about the Royal Flush Gang, and he mentioned this line. That was one of his favorite lines. And I asked him like, "Oh, like, are you referencing the fact that it's uh, about Batman always having to live in Bruce's shadow, Cherry and Bruce's shadow?" Or are you saying that's a meta line because it's about how George Lazenby has spent his entire life living in the shadow of Sean Connery? Yes. And so we had a lovely conversation about James Bond. Good. I'm glad someone will <laughs> fill that void for you. <laughs> I mean, I'm. you are always trying to turn this into an anime podcast. I'm always trying to turn this into a James Bond podcast. Yeah. Maybe someday there'll be a James Bond anime and together... We will finally be happy. I'm going to Google that real quick. I bet it has come out at some point. <laughs> I'm sure there's one out there somewhere. Um, but no, I did love that line there. And like, I so I wasn't super taken with this episode. Okay. But I did like that it least was trying to evolve the villains. So my question for you is, do you think that this... You, the listener, or you, me? You, Cameron. Okay. The royal you... <laughs> You, Cameron, do you think that...
1: I don't know. Maybe you like to have a conversation with the audience every now and then. I do.
0: Yeah. But I do that behind your back. I go and let you leave, <laughs> and then I record my own part where I just tell them no, how much... No, you know
1: I don't listen to it. <laughs> how much I hate you.
0: That's exactly it. You'll never know, Cameron. I'll never know. <laughs> I actually cut all of you out entirely. I understand. It's just me
1: talking into a void. Yeah, that it's probably a better podcast. <laughs>
0: But so I'm curious if you, Cameron. Yes, thank you. Think that this is on par with the way B. and the new Batman Adventures evolved as villains and uh, took their arcs in different directions. Um, so I feel like that's what it was drawing on. It was trying to do that. I was yes. curious if you thought it was as successful.
1: I wouldn't put it up with like the best of those episodes, but yeah, I I, I see. I see the connection. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of
0: like where well, I would place it. I mean, cause you look back on it, like they did an amazing job with Harley, obviously, yeah. um, by eventually having her question her relationship, with the Joker and go off on her own, try to go straight, team up with Harley or with Ivy. She, they was always involving her. Um, I think the problem
1: is since it's a group, I, I would want, if they were going to do that, I think I would want this to be a two parter. Where we can actually spend time with every member of the gang, yeah,
0: or or at least and see
1: how and see how they all change, yeah.
0: Because I I guess, I mean, in previous episodes, uh, the real kind of hook was on ten Mm -hmm. and her relationship with Terry, whether she was going to go straight or not. The fact that she already has by necessity, she had kind of minimal scream time because she had basically already established what she was going to do. Yes. That she was gone. But then in that sense, I would have
1: loved an episode where it's just how does the family deal with losing one of their own? Mm -hmm. You could have a a story where Queen wants to fill her role because that's what the family does. Yeah. You have to have a 10. Yeah. Um, Jack is, I don't know how Jack could handle it. I would want King to be the, the one who just kind of like trying to push it all down. Yeah. Of like, I have to be the leader. I have to be the one who can't
0: be like, affected by this. Like, w- we're fine without her. Yeah. Actually, that would be interesting if he's like, we're fine without her. And for Queen, who obviously is more emotionally connected to Melanie, like he gets after, she gets after King for like, you know, you constantly, tend to leave us. Mm-hmm. Interesting to your point, though, if even though she has a greater affinity for that as her daughter, that her, her the family name is yeah, more important. Yeah. That her, her need to maintain that legacy and that prestige sort of goes against her better conscious. That would have been awesome.
1: Yeah. And then, uh, Jack and Ace are off doing something else. Yep. Ace she, lost Jack, an Jack. arm and Jack has to go and find it. Jack's just off jacking it. Yep. Jacking it, jacking it, jacking it in Sandy, Di- San Diego. Yeah. San Diego. What? Yeah, you know that song? No, there's a song called Jackin' it in San Diego. Yeah, there's a song called Jacket in San Diego. Is it about carjacking? Nope, it's about Great. masturbating. Great.
0: <laughs> it's a South Park song. Oh, that makes more sense. <laughs> um, Does it? Yeah, of course. That's a very <laughs> South Park thing to do. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, I liked this, but I, yeah, I, I think you're right. It might have been more interesting if they had a bit more time to spend with it. Mm-hmm. But I, I liked that at least they kind of evolved that, and then they did basically wrap the whole thing up. I mean, they, they wrapped up, Melanie, because she goes and gets Jack and she's going to give him a job at her restaurant washing dishes. They wrap up that element. You know, she asked Batman like, oh, hey, did you ever pass a message along to Terry? He's like, yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Cool. He so, doesn't want me. Yeah. So, like, they, res- they resolved that arc. They resolved um, like King, like they, they did a nice job in like, Paxton too mm-hmm. because he gets He's caught yeah. Yeah, for attempted murder. Um, so they do a nice job kind of like wrapping up a lot of those threads, mm-hmm. which is nice. So So we can get our new
1: villain. So we can get our new,
0: oh boy. The most overpowered villain we've ever seen. So, yeah, because, so yeah, we're talking about Untouchable, where, I I was trying to This is the worst villain name, too. The Repeller. Is that what it's actually called? Yeah. Do they ever call him that by name, or is that just how he's credited in the episode? They call him
1: it once in the, someone calls him it once in the episode, and then when I read the description, they referred to him as the Repeller.
0: Repeller, oh God. Well, he repels down the sides of the building. That's what I wanted. (laughs) Because I wanted a slipknot joke. (laughs) He can climb anything? Yes. (laughs) He's got enough rope. Slightly faster than everybody else. (laughs) Right. Just a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, he, he, he... I'm trying to figure out exactly how this works. So he is wearing a... It's called an iso ring. Yes. So it... It projects a... It it generates an electric state, like, fields around the person Mm -hmm. so that they have no... There's no, like, molecular interchange between outside of the field and inside the field, right? Correct. So it allows you to be isolated. Except for sound. Well, yeah, this is a weird thing. So you can't feel or taste or smell through this. So there's no molecular interchange, but sound operates on the vibration wave man just ride that wave gotta catch that wave man yeah that that didn't make sense to me that you could still hear mm-hmm. through it and they they emphasize it because it ultimately becomes the thing i guess that's used as the vulnerability point was for the suit it i did, didn't get it it did, I don't get it chris it didn't really make sense like so whoever's in this suit it's kind of a cool design it kind of reminds me of the is it dead space the video game where the guy has the mask, like, identical to this. Like, mm-hmm. if it's not a ripoff, I don't know what is. Uh, yeah, I believe it's set space. Because... H- let me just see. Um, oh, yeah. Like, look at like, look it up. Like, he's got... Like, oh, it's, yeah. It's a yeah, flat yeah. mask with, like... I guess our guy, the Repeller, only has two lines. Like, three lines across, like, a flat plane. Mm-hmm. It's, like, right there, though. Yeah, um, no, yeah, I see it. For sure. Yeah, but... So... He is' wasn't that a language wasn't that like
1: a I'm not getting into it. dead space no, no, no the where it's like you have uh like three lines and where you break up each line is, is a reference to a different letter. I feel like that's some like cryptic language that someone created at some point.
0: Are you thinking of Morse code? No, I know what Morse
1: code is. Um, uh, no, it's, it's, um, no, cause it, they're in, they're in stacks of three, kind of like the helmet. Okay. But depending on where you would break the line, either the top line, middle line or bottom line, left, center or right, uh, it, it was a reference to a, a letter. This sounds
0: kind of familiar, but I don't know exactly what you're talking about. Neither do I. Well, I'll talk about James Bond for a while and you can look it up. <laughs> but so the repeller, he's stealing. i don't you know the continuity of James Bond, please. <laughs> Wait, sorry, did you ask me about why Never So Never Again was remade in the 80s? Hang on, let me tell you.
1: I don't quite understand. It all
0: started with Kevin McClory, who teamed with Ian Fleming to write a scriptment for a potential James Bond movie. I'm not going to get into this. Go on. I I totally would love to get into this at some point. We'll Um, give you your own episode. Just like
1: you let me talk about Roger Rabbit... You you can have a James Bond episode at some <gasps>
0: point. I can. You can. You've been such a good boy today. Well, I mean, the thing is, is that over the course of this podcast, which one presumes will continue to run for at least another couple of years, we Wanted will have a new, we will have a new Bond film. Yeah, that's true. So you damn well know we're doing an episode maybe two on that. <laughs> Like, a four-hour cle- Clearly, Shane is going to be there, and if I can make it happen, we're going to do a crossover with James Bonding. Mind you, that will never happen, <laughs> but one can dream. We can try. Yes. I dream a dream, Cameron. We have very loose connections. That's, tr- that's true. Uh, I don't know if I want to exploit that connection. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> okay, but so the repeller is stealing these isotopes. Yes. Which uh, I guess he can then... Someone can use the combined together to make some sort of explosive, and he has clients that he's selling it to Who'd never make a reappearance in the, end of the episode, which I thought was kind Why of would weird. They? Like, you think they would try to like wrap up that element of it? Um, wait, does he ever even try to steal the third element? I don't think so. Um,
1: yes, because that's when he fights Batman for the second time. Is they're at the building, um, and he's like, "I expected to see you here, Batman." And then I don't remember what happens after that. I kind of, I kind oh, of. Oh, oh yeah, I guess he, he had already episode. stole
0: like, was it like alpha cerulean? Yeah, yeah, alpha, beta, and he was going for gamma. That's right. The beginning, he's still in the beta cerulean. That's right. Mm-hmm. So he's still in these things to give up just like to hand up to some client. Um, but Bruce realizes that this is this <gasps> iso ring. This is
1: the Red X episode of Teen Titans. Do you remember the first time we meet Red X? vaguely it's the same episode it's literally the same plot like he's stealing different components yeah he's stealing three oh, computer chips for
0: slade that's right yeah that's right i do remember this now um but they did it better dean titans they did better in teen titans oh yeah well the red x episode red are, x is so cool red x uh, Red X episodes are great like mm-hmm. this is this is not really good villain because so he's
1: stealing these things he's saying there's something
0: wrong with the repeller <laughs> yes he's repellent um so he's doing these things. Bruce realizes that it's probably this ISO belt technology that Wayne is de- Wayne Tech is developing. Mm-hmm. So we go to this lab where we meet Irene, who is a woman. Come on, with Irene? With <laughs> she realizes come on Eileen, right? Nope. <laughs> there's sure? actually never mind. Never mind. <laughs> uh I was gonna say there's a, there's a really fantastic crass joke about come on Eileen, but we're not gonna go there. No. So we meet Irene, who has some sort of unspecified disease. She has a bubble boy disease, basically. Mm-hmm. That she can't be exposed to the outside. But well,
1: there's also other people in that room. Yeah. Because when we first walk in, we see a kid sitting in his cube playing with blocks.
0: Yeah. They, they they all have some sort of disease. means they can't be exposed to the outside atmosphere, so they're inside these containment chambers. Yes. They also have these like big, big-ass bubble suits to allow them to kind of go out and about. But the great thing about this ISO belt is that that barrier allows them to go out into the world. And Terry meets Irene. He's like, oh, my God, what? You've never, like, gone outside? What? You should do that. And so... Are you saying you're you're attractive like a female my age, but you're naive like
1: a child? (gasps) Oh, oh my God. It's like you were born sexy yesterday. Wow.
0: I have so much to teach you. Me, an ordinary man. Now, what I do like, though, is that this episode has a surprising amount of self-awareness about this. For having been made in two thousand and one, mm-hmm. Dana's on her shit. She's on her shit because Terry and I. Like, he's been wondering like, are they going to acknowledge Dana's existence? This or is there been another instance <laughs> no. where like Terry just like falls in love with someone that's not Dana? But yeah, he's they're at cheesy dance like the Chuck E. Cheese, presumably with Matt.
1: I, I like to think that they weren't. They just went there <laughs> on their own date. That's just like where they decided out. to go.
0: Um, that's the mall for them. Yeah, let's it's go a kid's to playhouse. the mall. <laughs> today today uh so they they go there and he's going on and on about how special irene is and dana like calls him out and he's like and terry even says like oh no like i couldn't even touch if i wanted to and she's like yeah that's the problem all you men want is something you can't have and you're willing to like ignore or dismiss the thing you have to get it mm-hmm. and i was i was damn girl dana, i was like right on like power moment from dana there calling out terry on his bullshit but it's not even just that she calls him out on it. Like the whole episode kind of calls him out on it. Cause they basically do what you just described. Like he, she decides to break out. Mm -hmm. He goes with her, takes her like to the beach. She's going to the water for the first time, which is the, the rom-com thing to do. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God. You've never seen the beach. Also like this was the East coast. Those beaches are not that nice.
1: Well, she's never seen She doesn't have any comparison.
0: Well, I guess that's true.
1: You start, you, you start a very low bar. So you can just keep you don't have to
0: go straight to you know you don't have to go straight to Hawaii that's true or or she's gone Greece. from like a prison cell sink basin to the ocean it's a it's a step up even if it's new jersey yeah so but he takes her rather to go New New jersey oh that's true neo jersey neo yeah neo gotham <sighs> so he takes her out there um and then but she gets in trouble with what's it's a doctor. I didn't write any of their names down. Dr. Katz? That's not his name. But so we're, we're, gonna go we're gonna go with it. We're gonna go with <laughs> it. Gets in trouble with Dr. Katz. Now when you we met him, was your thought can we, also? So we, we do Dr. Katz and Dr. Eisner. Oh, right. Well, actually, Dr. Katz was a, a cartoon.
1: Oh, that Dr. Katz.
0: Yeah. Okay. I actually met the real Dr. Katz. Hmm? So so the cartoon Dr. Katz is modeled like or is based on this guy, this real person named Dr. Katz who I think he's actually a trained psychiatrist, but he's like a psychiatrist to comedians. So they built a show around him, like an anime show around him. And I PA'd on a, like, spec documentary, if you will, about him. So we went up to... uh, What's the big comedy festival that happens in San Francisco every year? Oh, uh...
1: Oh, my God, I don't remember. It's the one that... that, uh...
0: Janet Varney co-founded.
1: Yeah. And um, What's-His-Face is always there. Jack Black is always there.
0: Yeah. I I can't remember remember the name of it, but um, we went up to that. And um, basically, I was peeing as a documentary crew was filming a 20th anniversary episode. Like a 20th anniversary live stage version of it. Mm -hmm. And so it was Dr. Katz. And then H. John Benjamin played his son on the show. So H. John Benjamin was there. Of course he did. And the comedians he was uh, talking to were Ron Funches Aww. and Pete Holmes. Aw. And um, Emo Phillips, too. He was, I guess he was a character. He was on the original show. They brought him back for that. Gotcha. And so I was just like this fly on the wall hanging out in the green room. With all with these, all these people. amazing, yeah. it was so overwhelmed, but I was really excited because I made a joke and I got Emo Phillips to laugh at it. Oh, and I was like, Look I made you. a comedian laugh.
1: Look at you, your new career path. I know. Ah, uh, it's good
0: times, yeah. Unlike this episode, what? What? <laughs> what? Oh, we're here doing a thing, yeah. Um, wait, what were we talking about? I got confused, I don't remember anymore. Uh, oh the, the
1: uh Born Tessie yesterday, Dana is yes. on her shit.
0: Yeah, um but like the episode Oh the um the, the, the red herring guy. Yeah yeah you? Uh, did you, yeah, did Dr. you Katz when we meet him and he's such an asshole, did you automatically assume that Dr. Katz was uh The Red Herring? The Red Herring. Yeah, oh yeah. And did you automatically assume that Dr. Kazuki, aka for this context, Dr. Eisner was uh no, I thought it would be the girl. But what would her
1: I don't know, maybe they promised to
0: Get her out, heal I mean, her, cure her. That's a good point. Why am I asking you for motivation when, like, Dr. Suzuki like, has no motivation either? Yeah. Like, he, like, he, none whatsoever. He's like, the nice guy. It's like, oh, clearly it's gotta be him and the asshole Wait, guy. Well, because the, the red herring moment for me was
1: when Bruce is, Bruce is in the lab talking to Dr. Katz, um... And he's like, oh, you know, if you tweaked this one thing, you could weaponize it. Yeah. And he's like, how dare you even throw the (laughs) idea, Uh, throw the idea at me to weaponize my pure technology of goodness and hope. Uh, And then he just storms out of the room. Like, oh, yeah,
0: he's definitely not the villain. No, of course not. No. He skulks out of the room And like a check floats out of his back pocket Yeah <laughs> Couldn't possibly be him But yeah so Yeah the red hairy thing Was just like super obvious for me And just the, the powers didn't make sense So like the static suit So they solved Because I guess it had a limited power supply But now they've tweaked it So that it has a An unlimited power supply I guess Yeah And in doing so I guess he could just Generate a Iso field large enough To be able to Fly I don't understand how that works. I, there's a lot I don't understand Like, about how does he fly? How does he shoot things? Does he, like, just shoot? Is he basically just firing concentrated, like, little mini ISO fields? Like, because there's, a, I guess, they technically have a physical barrier. Like, you can't go past it. You physically can't pass it. Mm-hmm. So, I guess if you were to, like, shoot off an element of it, would that be a concussive force? Is that what was going for? I guess so. I think we're way overthinking this. I'm sure we are. It's like... I guess I liked the kind of side story they're telling with Terry and Irene. Mm-hmm. I like that Dana called him out on it. I liked the end too that he thinks that he's so special and that Irene's in love with him. And she's like, oh no, like, I'm with Larry. Yeah. Literally, his Larry. name is Larry. Larry. <laughs> like, I
1: hate Tom. <laughs> I hate Dick. And I hate Larry. What is that from? It's the Dover Boys. <laughs> Sorry. Is that the Looney Tunes? Uh, yeah, old, old, old Looney Tunes. The Dover Boys was a was a. Oh, we've talked about. I this. love the Dover Boys. We talked about. This. Yeah, I learned. I learned recently. It was one of the early adapters of smear animation. Which is when they um, elongate a body part to make
0: to make the movement
1: feel oh, fast and smooth.
0: Yeah, isn't mm-hmm. that the same? it's like what, it's a um, stretch and squash and stretch, squash, and stretch, mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's similar to that oh okay
1: yeah, smear is when it's like um is when uh they're doing like a like a u movement uh and there's there's still like you know kind of the the head part of the head just stays in the back while they it follows through with the u mm. and then it kind of snaps back in where squash and stretch is is a little different where it's uh when you're moving left to right it'll instead of leaving behind it'll just shrink in the middle uh and then widen a little bit
0: oh okay mm-hmm.
1: and then when you when you have that you know impact point you flip it and so you you stretch out the y and condense the x oh, okay so that you get makes that sense. Little, like bounce boom, 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 boom.
0: i just assumed smear animation was in your animating putting cream cheese on a bagel yes yeah yeah, yeah. that's exactly what it is oh great
1: mm-hmm. it's a very famous artist actually from 1964 <laughs> mr schmear mr schmear yes <laughs> Famous uh, for his Famous for his smear art
0: Yeah But yeah so like She's off with Larry so God I, damn Larry I, I liked I liked they, the episode Called Terry out For Thinking he was like Such hot shit mm-hmm. Um And I like Bruce also calls Matt At one point Cause he's like Oh you just like the attention It's like yes No 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 yeah. that's not it I was like, this is like surprisingly like self-aware and progressive for when it was made. Mm-hmm. But the other thought I had, the thought that I referenced earlier... Yes, you've had me at the edge of my seat several Yes, time. was... To me, this really epitomizes how... Batman Beyond is more like Superman, the animated series, than Batman, the animated series. And mm-hmm. that because your protagonist is so powerful... You have to... And it, it has a sci-fi tinge to it already. You have to come up with these, like, really powerful villains to throw up against him. And then you have to manufacture vulnerability for that villain. But there wasn't... that. There was no vulnerability in this one. Well, that's the thing. They had to manufacture it. Like, yeah. But that suit... That thing should not let sound transfer through. The mm-hmm. molecules wouldn't be able to vibrate past the barrier. So it shouldn't work. But they... Like, they could have just ignored the fact that you can still hear through it, but they had to emphasize it because they had to come up with some way for the whole thing to work. Yeah. They so, also already have a villain that had that problem. Oh, yeah, with Shriek. Yeah, we already have this villain. Yeah, so at the end, when Terry and and uh, Dr... Dr. Eisner. I Dr. Eisner, thank you, end up in that turbine, mm-hmm. and turn it on, I thought it was going to be, like, so powerful that it, it even that was able to suck... Like, suck him into it mm-hmm. but no it was just super super loud yeah that and was i was like dumb. it was just kind of dumb and like why if it's so loud, like what was the purpose of turning off the like the iso field like he's like oh my god this hurts so bad hang on let me pull my hands away from my ears long enough to turn off my belt back they go it still hurts. <laughs> this is better <laughs> it just it, it felt like they were having to manufacture all this stuff it didn't feel organic yeah um and I don't know if just with Batons and New Batman Adventures that just the stakes always seemed higher because the threat was always more serious, or like you would you would kind of believe when Batman would get injured more so than this, where like at one point in this episode he gets pushed off of a cliff and like well he can fly, yeah, his suit can fly. He's got glider wings and he's got built-in grapple guns. Yeah, and his
1: suit absorbs damage.
0: Yeah, so it, it just it all felt a little flat yeah it's batman with kitty wings to me
1: the point the the point in for me in the episode where i'm like why are we doing this uh is is the third time they meet up to fight uh and he's like he's like batman you know nothing you can do can get past my iso field he's like well you haven't seen this new batarang and he throws it and it wraps him up in titanium he's like this is the strongest material in the world and then he just breaks out of it just again. Through. Just breaks through, anyways. Right. Again, it's like, why? Like, what was the point of dedicating two minutes to this? I, I guess the when I- nothing changed. <laughs> no, no status of either character shifted an inch.
0: I think the idea was that they had to make it seem like he came to the fight prepared in some capacity. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I mean, I guess that's pretty cool, even of, um. Batman animated series, like Batman, would show up with. The The antidote to the animal transformation thing And the vial would get smashed And you had to come up with something else different. I
1: think Yeah, I think just because it's it's just another Batarang I think yeah. that's why I'm like What was the point of this? Yeah Like if he had some kind of You know Detonator or thing to turn the suit off And then that breaks I think I would have been fine with that Yeah But it, it just felt a little bit
0: half-assed and The whole thing I mean The whole thing just This whole like episode felt a little, a half-assed. little bit half-assed A little bit half But it did have a reference to Bloodhaven Which I thought was cool Mm-hmm and then it did have that amazing line that i mentioned earlier as well, which is when Terry is talking about Irene and Bruce calls him out on like one of the attention. He's like, wait, no, it's like, it's like, you wouldn't understand. It's like, Oh, actually I do. Women used to throw themselves at me. Well, what did you do? I stepped over them. <laughs> 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 I was just like, <laughs> Oh cold. yeah. yeah, Cause he said, so uh, they throw themselves at my th- feet. Th- those at my feet. Yeah. yeah. I was like, so fucking cold. Yeah.
1: Oh man. But it's such a Bruce line. Yeah.
0: It was so it's fantastic. Like, I've seen shit, kid. It was so fantastic. Oh, God. I don't know. It's at least had its moments. But I mean, I think off to a pretty solid start. Mm hmm. For the most part, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I, I saw the
1: ending. Um, actually, no. It, it, no, we, we talked about it
0: in a different light. Never mind. Okay. It was, it was a fine episode. <laughs> Um, I didn't have time to like do a proper notes from friends search because like I got off late from work. It doesn't matter. You guys don't need to know the details of my overly involved life. Yes. Um, but we're going to jump straight to bat plugs here. Um, I'm going to start us off because I know you have so much to say that you're I'm going to speed through it as fast as I can. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. This will be a long episode. Who cares? Mm-hmm. People didn't get us last week. They're getting more than they want this week. That's right. It balances out. Um, I, cause I think we've already technically listed these as plugs, but uh, while I was traveling this weekend, I downloaded some stuff off of Netflix. Okay. So I watched the Netflix Fire documentary. It's great. It is great. Do you get the
1: the? Did you ever see the memes where it's uh, the the blowjob memes? Yeah.
0: Yes. They're so good. They are. They are really good. Uh, our friend CJ had sent me one too. Um, okay, because there was a headline about how like the blowjob meme guy blows it or something like that. Yeah. It was so good. I feel bad for that guy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because not only in the context of what he had to do to help put on this festival and the guilt he felt about doing it, but in trying to just paint a picture of how absurd this is, he talks about that story about him being told he had to go blow a customs agent to get all the water brought in for the show. And he's like, all right, so I like, I guess I'll do this. So I went and took a shower and like drank some mouthwash, which... Like he's the story he's telling is so absurd and his reaction to it. And like his steps were so absurd, mm-hmm. but now he's become like a butt of the joke. And I feel so bad for that guy. Yeah. Because he had to do so much shit and compromise so much of his own integrity just to try and basically help a friend put this festival the, on. The way I imagined it
1: was <clears throat> he's the uncle, uh, who told, you know, parents were out of town. He told his nephew, like, Hey, if you want to throw a party, uh, I won't tell. Yeah. Uh, and so the kid threw the craziest party. and Now the uncle is just like, fuck, I have to clean all of this up before the parents get home.
0: Yeah, exactly. He he was just trying to do the right thing. It was like putting these like really morally compromising situations. But now he'll always remember it as like the blowjob fire festival guy. Yeah. So I feel really bad for him. But like it it just it does paint a very damning picture of um, that guy. What's his name? The. um the guy that ran it, yeah, yeah. So if you watch the
1: Hulu one, something McFarlane, uh, yes, not Seth, not I'll, Todd. Look it, I'll look it up, yeah. Um, yeah, so the Hulu one, you actually have he's actually on set, uh, so they're interviewing him while Billy. they're Billy, Billy yeah, Billy. Uh, they're interviewing Billy while they're showing the documentary, yeah. Um, and so I like that one a little better because that one focuses where. The Netflix one is about just the whole chaos of the festival. Yeah. The Hulu one is about just like how bad of a person Billy is. Okay. Because it starts at his first venture with the the um the weird credit card. Well, I
0: mean the Netflix one did that too. It it spends more time on it. Okay, more time on it. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. I because mean, it already paints a pretty damning portrait of this guy who's just like a psychopathic sociopathic con yeah. artist. Um, and just like all the people he screwed over, mm-hmm. I feel so bad for the the woman, the chef on the yeah. island, who apparently is like this incredible cook. I, I have heard, I haven't looked this up to confirm it, but I've heard that there was a Kickstarter mm-hmm. to raise money for all the people who didn't get paid. Oh yeah, Israel well the festival. Which I'm, I I hope that's true. I'll have to, to double check that because it's it's really sad that these people were on this island and working for months and never got paid. And this poor woman talks about how she basically spent $50,000 out of her own pocket to pay for the staff mm-hmm. who helps her cook. Well, just, then there was the, the other,
1: the construction guy who had to leave the country. Yeah. Because he's like, yeah, I was afraid for my life.
0: And so I, yeah. I just left. Yeah. It, it's, it's really, it's just insane. Mm-hmm. The reality of it. And it, because when it all happened, I was like those fucking idiots, the people who went, because I, I am not the kind of person who goes to Coachella. Mm-hmm. Not my jam at all You'll never see me there You'll never see me at EDC I went to Outside Lands once It was fine I'm, I'm glad you news. know EDC
1: Not many people know Electric Daisy What?
0: Most Everybody of, knows EDC I don't think now where I'm from Because you're from the middle Of the fucking country Yeah <laughs> Everyone knows EDC oh. Like it's like, I would say that if you're talking about, the best if you're just videos. throwing out cliche music festivals, as I was just doing, the two you go to are Coachella and EDC.
1: Yeah, I guess so. Well,
0: anywho, like, I'm not the person who Bonnaroo, goes Bonnaroo. Bonnaroo, of course. There's that yeah. one out. Um, I'm not the kind of person who goes... Uh, Stagecoach?
1: Yeah, that's the other big one, yeah. yeah. Country, country version. Yeah,
0: I'm not the person who goes these sort of things. So yeah, I was just mark. like, these stupid idiots who went and decided to go do this thing. Like, this is just a comeuppance... You do feel bad for some of the people that go, not for all of them, right? Um, but it's it's really fucked up. Um, it's great. So I, I watched that and I watched the first three episodes of Umbrella Academy.
1: Oh, welcome to the welcome to the academy.
0: I'm loving it. Yeah, I'm really loving it. It's great. It also I think I was destined to love it or I was always going to love it though because it does what we've established is my favorite thing in film or television: What's pairing it? great music with a good scene. Yeah, like oh, the dance scene. Which, uh, the dance scene. Oh, you'll get Oh, in the first episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah when like, he puts on the record and they all just like, start dancing in their rooms and mm-hmm. it goes that that wide shot, yes. like the title of the building. Um, I, don't know if, I don't know if you did
1: the same thing, but I paused it at that moment. I'm like, okay, they're missing a few rooms here.
0: Are they? I didn't well, cause pause they, it.
1: Because uh, there wasn't like, there was like no place for the dad. There was no master bedroom. Oh, okay. There were no bathrooms.
0: <laughs> they no like the further end of the building. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, but that's great. Uh, they used Sinner Man, which I didn't love, because for me, the ultimate use of the song Sinner Man was in Thomas Crown Affair. And it's now become kind of like cliche a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, although it was well used in Sherlock and also the trailer for the movie The Front Runner. Okay. Oh, I yeah, I meant to see that movie. I heard it was good. Yeah, I think I feel like there was another moment in the end of the first episode, I want to say, where they did a really great... Oh, it was... Um, oh, no, I know what it was now. I think it's episode... Two, maybe, but it's the diner shootout all done to Istanbul, not Constantinople. Yes, that was a great one. And someone had referenced that because I referenced that song over the weekend and someone said, Oh, you're going to love this moment. Maybe you had referenced it. It was not me. Okay. I,
1: I don't know that. So I did not know that was the name of the song.
0: You've never heard that song? I'd heard it, but I didn't know the name of it. Oh, my God. That's one of my. Have you ever seen the, the Tiny Toons sketch they did to that? Mm-mm. Where it's basically Tiny Toons did a music video to that um, song and it's. Um, what's the duck's name in Tiny Toon Adventures? I
1: don't. I'm, I'm blanking on
0: everything. Tiny Tunes right now, but it's it's he's
1: like detective. I was more of a Baby Looney Tunes guy. Oh fuck so. off! <laughs> he
0: he is like a detective in Istanbul, and he's supposed to like track down this like uh, Maximilian. It doesn't matter. Okay. it's great. But I've always loved that song. Who um We Are Giants, right? Isn't that who sings it? I, I you're, you're past my knowledge point. Okay, anyways, Umbrella Academy is amazing. I think you've already plugged it, but whatever, plug it again. But yeah. uh, I now leave the floor to you, Cameron, to discuss what you've been wanting to discuss for weeks, okay. and we, we couldn't last time. Yes. I'm going to throw one super quick plug in. How for, dare just you. for you. Oh, okay, uh, go because, right ahead Because you
1: will really like it. Because I think we've talked about the series before. Uh, CNN's Decade Series. Oh, they yeah. They just put out the 2000s uh, episodes. They're great. I watched... Um, I what's the ones that I care about? So uh, TV, movie, and music.
0: I saw a bit of that, actually, the TV one. Because mm-hmm. they talk about um, the real world and, like, queer representation in TV, right? Uh, or did I watch the 90s one? Did they, did that they, was they, the 90s one. Didn't they talk about Sex and the City, too? Maybe I did watch the
1: 90s. Uh, they talk about Sex and the City. Yeah, because the, the, uh, the main part of the 2001 is HBO. Okay, I think I did see this. Uh, Yeah, and the rise of power of scripted television. Oh, okay, I think I did see a bit of this, yeah. Uh, Also, Mm -hmm. it's They May Be Giants. Okay. So, in Um, case you are wondering. Okay, so more importantly, Alita. I have literally, like, three pages of notes on this. I'm just going to try and find the highlights.
0: Don't don't feel the
1: need to rush. Uh, But It's an amazing fucking movie, everybody. It's (sighs) it's made for anime fans and only for anime fans. It's everything we've wanted. It's everything that I wanted. Fucking dragon ball evolution to be it's what i wanted ghost in the shell i mean this was just this is the same plot of ghost in the shell okay but done so much better i assume you didn't see ghost in the shell no good for you yeah i did not it's bad the action scenes are unbelievable uh yeah like i said it's the, it's the kind of anime it's the kind of movie anime fans have been asking for uh we have like a, a just like the most pure essence of anime protagonist uh, and they, they even have the, the innocence of the anime protagonist, which is what every, every character has. Um, and, uh, everyone needs to see this now. <laughs> uh, so it makes it? enough money to get a sequel. Yes. Uh, cause whatever what wrote was, this needs to do well for the sake of the future of anime in Hollywood. Like we've had so many bombs. It's amazing. They're even still trying to make these movies. That is true. Because even the best one, which everyone forgets is based off a of manga, is um oh god, the um Tom Cruise, Emily Blunt.
0: Oh Tomorrow Never Dies. The Edge of Tomorrow, aka LinkedIn. Tomorrow, a.k. like, live tomorrow di- di- Never Dies. Yeah, um
1: Yeah, okay. uh Yeah, Lived I Repeat. Lived I Repeat, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's based off a of manga. That's right it is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also still did not do well in the box office. Uh
0: it. Did well enough. Uh, the sequel was Greenlit, officially Greenlit. <gasps> oh, thank God. Um, so Doug Lyman will be back to direct. Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt will be back. I don't know if Christopher McQuarrie is coming back to write. I don't know if that mentioned it specifically, but... He will definitely be there because it's a Tom Cruise movie, and yeah. they are inseparable at this point. Mm-hmm. I imagine that he would probably have a limited capacity given that he's prepping two Mission Impossible movies back-to-back. Right. But he'll, he'll probably be there in some sort of producer or producerial capacity. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're right. That's a great movie, too. Yeah. That's such a good movie. I love it. Um, so Alita, I think,
1: is a great character. Uh, it's some of the best CGI because it's James Cameron, obviously. It's some yeah. of the best CGI I've ever seen in a film. Uh, did you feel uh, the eyes were too much?
0: No. Good. I, I no, thought... I Okay, Zach, like you. Got that. Continue. Uh, no, you you can talk. No, I I thought the eyes were going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. They were a little weird in the trailer, but what's I have the, to say what's the, the phrase were uncanny are just, valley. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Um, I thought it was a little uncanny valley, but I have to say in the movie it did work. I mm-hmm. think part of it is that uh, Rosa Salazar is fantastic. Yes. In this, I think she is really, really, really charming. Um. Does give a great performance. Like, you, even though it's a CG character, you do emotionally connect with her. Yes. Um, and I, I mean, I think because that's what good anime does. Well, I don't know if that has to do with it being an anime or not. I think that that character was well written and the effects were excellent. Because I, mean, I was gonna say, like, Thanos is another example of an all CG character that you actually connected with. You see the human in the performance. Mm-hmm. Um, you see the Brolin in there. You see so much Brolin. They say me
1: Brolin. Yes. Uh, so me, like like most anime fans, we were a little worried when we got the PG-13 rating. I love you're saying we. Yes. me Speaking we, on behalf of the entire... Yes, Chris. Weeaboo community. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for using my word. <laughs> Weeb life is life. Uh, we were worried until she fucking drop kicked a woman's head into a wall and you just saw the body fall. Remember that part? It's the first. It's the first big action moment when he pulls out the hammer, uh, oh. and you find out the the woman is not a damsel in distress, but actually an assassin out to kill the dad. Oh, that's right. And then yeah. Alita comes and kicks her in the face. Um, that's right. All the cyborgs feel very unique, which is
0: weird. Uh, Look, it, I agree with you. It has yes the design is amazing. Mm-hmm. The world building is great. Yes, um, like that. The fight sequences are unparalleled. No, the fight sequences me. are gorgeous. Yes. They're very, they are each distinct. They're fluid. You can follow along. They're cohesive. Anytime a fight sequence was happening. I love that film. And as yes. soon as they ended, it was the most boring movie I have seen in a long time. I loved it so much. I like was falling asleep between the fight sequences. Also, the love story is shit. Yes. So I will
1: will admit, I felt like that was the most rushed and probably what has
0: the most, probably the most on the cutting room floor. So should we just, I think it's worth getting the spoilers on this. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because that whole love story, and again, I've never read the manga. Neither have I. Never seen the anime. Neither have I.
1: And you call yourself an anime fan. Hey, I'm a surface, I'm a surface fan. (laughs) You're a shallow weeaboo? Yes. Um, I can't, I can't take that plunge, man. I'm not coming back
0: once I do. You're a meh, a boo. Don't, don't. I have been trying to get you to do that reaction. <laughs> I've been forcing puns all episode. I finally got it.
1: Don't you fucking finally dare. got it?
0: Um, <laughs> did, did you? see Yes, this? I saw it. <laughs> yes, I fucking saw it. You posted it on Instagram. Um. <laughs> God, I hate you so much. <laughs> That's Tim Talk, everybody. Thanks for listening. <laughs> so, um, I, I've never seen these things, so I can't speak to what that love story was like in either of those other iterations. Mm-hmm. But here, that whole love story is so terrible. Now, I was starting to listen to the Empire spoiler special on Alita, and they were talking with John Landau, one of the producers on it, Cameron's a longtime producer. And he was saying that the idea with. Um, Diego? What's so, his name? Uh, when I was Googling it,
1: I found out it was not what I thought it was. What's his name? It's not Hugo. Oh, that's... It's
0: Hugo. It's Hugo? It's Hugo. Y-U-G-O. That's so dumb. Isn't that dumb? Yeah, okay. No, or Diego's in Royal Academy, right? Okay. Also, he yeah. was thinking of Diego from... Adore um, uh, the Explorer. Oh, yeah. Go, Diego, go. Yeah. show, Chris. But I, th- I was thinking the characters endure the explorer though. But okay, so you go. Yes. No, no, no. What, okay, I will. No, no, I'm, I'm going. You son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's gorgeous. And I was like, just, just be on screen, take your shirt off, and not speak. Yeah. Terrible actor. Yes. I don't, I, I don't like to pick on. I'm trying to get better at picking on people, but terrible actor. And just his whole story was dumb. Like they're going for the idea that he falls in love with. Someone who is a a, a Something that he And otherwise is totally abusive of So he's going around like scrapping other cyborgs For parts and he falls in love with them One and that's the whole like dynamic But mm-hmm. well, I thought it was so dumb of like He's terrible He's just flat out terrible Like I get that she's born sexy Yesterday so of course this oh, guy this was Shows such up a, like, They didn't overly sexualize her No they, I, don't, I don't think they really Sexualized her at all actually Right Mainly because she was just face skin. She's just face, but so, I mean, how do you feel that this stacks up amongst the born sexy yesterday tropes, though? Like, do you think that this was, sort went beyond and was able to like be better than that trope, or it fell flat in the middle of it? Um, it was it was the
1: trope just without the the, the sexualization. The trope without the trappings. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, the scene that a lot of fans continue to reference because it, it's. I'm going to say this, this line a lot. It's very anime, mm-hmm. is when she tries chocolate for the first time.
0: Yeah, that's pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: but, you know, fans love it because that, yeah. that is the essence. Because, I mean, Born Sexy Yesterday is huge, huge in, in Japanese culture. Yeah. And especially Japanese entertainment. Um, like, on such a scale. I, I, I'm trying to think. I'm honestly trying to think of a show that doesn't have that as a trope. And nothing is coming to mind. Like every show has that with at least one character. It's all
0: in there. But now I'm I'm trying to remember, I feel like at no point, though, does Yugo have to save her. Right. Like, so I mean, because I guess that's part of it, is that that's a huge part of the trope is that this incredibly smart but naive and powerful woman shows up Mm -hmm. who ultimately has to rely upon a generic man to save her. Yeah. As generic as you could get. Like the most generic ever. Um, And I feel like they didn't really do that here. Like she has to be saved by the dad after her first body is destroyed. Mm -hmm. And then he puts her into the new one. Such
1: a good scene.
0: What? When when, When she gets all cut up. Yeah, and, she's and she's an still, she still takes him out with yeah. just an arm. Yeah, well, again, so act- good. The action seasons are great, but like it's, I guess at least in that regards, once she's in her new body, at that point, she really is self-reliant. And I will give her credit that she, for the most part, is has agency. Mm-hmm. She does what she wants to do, and rarely does it end poorly. Like, yeah, she gets her first body destroyed, but she still accomplishes what she has to do. So I think, I think it did a decent job of surpassing or subverting that trope. I guess it's depending on how to mm-hmm. phrase it.
1: Yeah. Well, so, so kind of on a, on a parallel note to that, what I loved about this story was in, in great Rodriguez fashion, uh, this is a sci-fi story that focuses on such a small scale thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Like it, it only affects a handful of people.
0: In a very big
1: world. Yes. Because the big event, you know, the big, bright, bright blue light from the sky coming down event happened 300 years ago. Yeah. And so now it's just reacting to it. Like, I, I was
0: intrigued by the history. Like, I want to know more about what happened. And I have a question
1: about that in a second. Okay.
0: Like, I want to know more about that. I, uh, but I thought. Yeah, you know, we've seen a lot of this sort of stuff before. It was like Elysium was like the same thing. It's like, oh, it's this like shitty downtrodden place, and everyone wants to go up there. Mm-hmm. But we also never really see that city, so we're not sure why everyone wants to go. And it's also just kind of a, a hollow motivation, right? Like that's Hugo's whole thing is that he wants to go up there, and he keeps doing terrible things to do it. But because we're not sympathetic of why he's doing these things well i mean he's it's just it's, an asshole i mean
1: you don't have to you don't have to see it to feel the not urgency of it but the the draw yes it's but, it's just the it's the promise of it it's the but, promise of everything is better like it's you know it's it's the commercial it's the it's the advertising of it it's yeah you your life down here sucks you think it's okay but it sucks but if you go there it's going to be better but I guess How like, we don't know. It's just gonna be better.
0: But again, their their lives down in the city didn't seem that bad. Exactly. That's there's a, why there's, there's the a, advertising of. There's a weird number of cybernetics there, like a lot yeah. of lost limbs. I'm not quite sure why. But we it's from the very dangerous sport. Uh, yeah, I guess that's it. That, well, it's, it, it's not razor ball. Murder ball? No, that's a no. different thing.
1: Uh, it doesn't no, matter. Murder ball is a uh, Mad Max.
0: No, I think it's actually a. Those those rollerball, which is an actual movie, doesn't matter. Which what's the one they play in Thunderdome? I've never seen Thunderdome. That might be mur- that might be murder ball, but like look, we because I don't know. I just I never found the motivation to go home that compelling. I think I bought it a little bit more Jennifer Connelly's character, mm-hmm. um, but I just didn't really buy into it. And so when Alita goes, she goes to such great lengths to protect Hugo, even though he's terrible to her, and I just didn't like that they. He seems like he's going to, one, him getting hunted down by the bounty hunters and the police was so weirdly manufactured and just uh, didn't work at all. Yes. Like, that's one of those things that could be resolved with a conversation. Had this no guy logic. was cut
1: in half. Maybe it was the guy without a
0: sword did it. Yeah, the exactly. The guy with the
1: sword is telling us it's
0: that guy. Yeah. Like, that didn't make any sense to me. So, okay, we're going to, like, go up into, he wants to go up there, whatever. He gets hunted down. He, we think he's gonna die. Alita cuts off his head and like keeps him alive off her of own heart. Yeah. And they give him a cyborg body, and then he's so mad. So then we've he already climbed up the. Yeah. yeah, he climbs up the 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 service tubes. We've already had a moment where he we lost him and then got him back, mm-hmm. and then lose him again. I was yeah, like, that's the
1: part of the movie that I I say I would have wanted in the sequel, but it's also like. I also just didn't care enough.
0: That's the thing is I, I, I just never cared about him. Mm-hmm. And so I never cared about their dynamic. And I always thought that he, he was always holding her, not holding her back, but she was making far too many sacrifices for him and he wasn't deserving of it. Mm-hmm. And at no point does she ever really learn that lesson. She just still, even to the end, it's like, no, we'll be great. Yeah. He's terrible. Well, it's so. So my my one of the points I want to make
1: on this is um, oh no, I wanted this to question first. Um, so with the world building, I think Weekly Planet brought this brought this up. Um, instead of spending the first three minutes in films, reading in sci-fi films specifically, reading about the world in very slow title cards. Yeah, would it be weird if when you walked into a theater, they gave you like a little sheet of paper? Yes. You think it'd be weird? I would read it, but who else would? I would read it. <laughs> Outside of us, mm-hmm. who would read it? I think if it became standard, uh, where like fans would, like, you would get lost if you didn't read this. Or not lost, but you wouldn't. So the, I think the thing is, is it, it can't be a crux, not a crux, it can't be a necessity. But you will get more out of the movie if you read this card.
0: But, but that already exists in terms of, like, tie-in comic books and novelizations, mm-hmm. and you know, like, Alien Covenant had those like prequel films they put out and stuff like that. You know, um, they did the same thing with Blade Runner twenty forty nine. It's like, yeah, there's always going to be additional material out there for real hardcore fans. are gonna want to know more stuff going in or like prologues like so so i think that's the difference though is is that stuff is for hardcore
1: fans if you give this to the casual moviegoer that could turn them into a hardcore fan
0: i don't think so i think the movie moviegoer is not gonna read it i think they would be like i'm here to see a movie why am i having to do homework Mm -hmm. like that's not what that is but that's how people will see that's that's what i just want to be rewarded for getting to the movie theater early chris that's what the trailers
1: are for no before the trailers not those shitty commercials.
0: So you just... You need entertainment before you entertainment? Yes. That's why I bring my sketchbook. God damn it. I don't think that would work. I I, okay. I just don't think it would it would land with people. I think they'd be like... It, and also, I don't think that works as a filmmaking technique. Like, at the end of the day, your film has to be a self-contained piece of storytelling. And I think... You can still do that while having long form narratives, like they've done with Marvel or Star Wars, or one of those things, where you the more you know, the better off you are. But I think, especially for a first film in a franchise, you can't do that.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay,
0: no, all right, it's understandable.
1: No, um, it was it was it was a question. Yeah, it wasn't I mean, it was an opinion. But How dare yeah. you. Um, so my last point on the on the film is I love the overarching antagonist, uh, Edward Norton. That no. Because what? because, uh, this movie is basically a story about finding your sense of identity. The first half of the movie is, is Alita trying to figure out who she is. The second half is her trying to be comfortable with what she's found out. Um, and, and so the villain of the movie is someone with no identity? No, no, no. Hold on. So the mom character, the Jennifer Connelly character... Um, she also had a similar crisis of identity where after her daughter's death, she became, she kind of walked down this dark path, um, and wanted to take on the persona of, a Zol, a, a, fuck Zol, Zolom. That's the Zoltan. Zolom. Um, Zolomite again. Uh, but then she was redeemed when she realized her identity rests in a mother figure and doctor figure. Um, does that makes sense, uh, and yes. he's a good looming villain because with that being the point of the story, your villain is someone that can remove that identity. Is he has the he has the power to take away that sense of self and literally take over your body?
0: Okay, yeah, I guess on a thematic level it works. I just. The reveal, I didn't like the reveal. I'll say that. Because it's not a reveal. It's not a Th- reveal. This isn't Weekly Planet. It's, yeah. not, it's, it's not a reveal. It's just... It's Edward Norton. It's, I didn't even realize it was Edward Norton. Same. I was like, what? Yeah. It, he just looked like Michael Sheen in Tron Legacy. <laughs> like the bartender. Yeah. Whatever his name was. Um, Napoleon or something. Um, yeah, I, I would have rather him stayed kind of a shadowy figure for now. I also, I don't... I think it's a very fine line to introduce a franchise villain and in have the last them, 30 seconds well, that, but it's like, look, star Wars does it well because in a new hope it's grandma of Tarkin is the kind of one pulling the strings. Vader is the face of the antagonism. And then we are aware of the emperor, mm-hmm. right? Never meet him. But, what this movie does, and what a lot of yes. clumsy franchise baiting movies will do is the, the the filmmakers know that eventually that's the villain we're going to get. Mm-hmm. So they set them up in a way that really has nothing to do with this movie. And also it they divert attention away from the antagonist here. And I think it's weird that this movie lacked antagonism because the sort of conflict antagonists, all the other, like, bounty hunters and cyborgs and stuff, is great, Mm -hmm. actually. Like those, again, I'll always say this, those fight scenes are incredible. But, Mahershala Ali, as much as I love him, has like nothing to do. Yeah, he was not great. He has nothing to do in this movie, and it was just kind of like, he either he was unnecessary, or Edward Norton is unnecessary. But both of them combined were especially unnecessary. Right. And so once you get past the point where it feels like the climax of the story, we have to go back and have her fight Mahershala Ali, and it was, it just, I was mostly on board with it, especially until the end, but then it just, it was getting real heavy into franchise baiting, and Mm -hmm. I was just like, I I know, I, I,
1: in my perfect movie, it would have ended, uh, like
0: 30 minutes earlier. yeah. Yeah. like, I don't hate it. I love it. I, I didn't hate it, but I, I was really bored through a lot of it, I have to admit. Mm-hmm. That being said, I mean, there's a lot of things I found impressive about it, but I was pretty bored. I love it so much. I know you I do. I want to see it again. I know you I do. I need to give it more money
1: I, uh, so I can keep watching it. But you said it broke even, right? <laughs> yes. As of recording this, they're at about 375 million. Okay. But it's still, it probably needs, it it needs hit, a lot more. It probably needs to hit, what, well, like 600? Easily it. James Cameron's
0: lowest grossing film. Well, I don't know if that's actually true Because he's only a producer on it That's true, yeah Um, And I forget what other stuff he's produced Did he produce
1: any of the other Terminators? Or did, after two, was he just
0: I'm not sure what Done He was probably I mean, he would have to be credited Mm -hmm. um, Both for creating the characters He may have had a I don't know what his title would have been on that What his credit would have been He would have had something for writing and then probably an executive producer title, if I were to just hazard a guess. Um, I don't think he's actively involved. So I don't think he'd be a producer. By contrast, I think he's actually a full-on producer on the new Terminator film. Okay, because he's actively involved in on it in the same way he was actively involved in this. And I think you see that like this clearly has his influence on it. And I think when his influence is there, it's it's strong, but it's also a little boring. Yeah i love
1: it i'm glad you liked it camera thanks thanks yes. for letting me talk about it for a, f- a few minutes
0: i would actually be very curious what people thought about it because it, it is it is kind of a weird film and i have basically met people who either loved it or hate it so mm-hmm. um if you would like to tell us what you thought yes of alita battle angel if you'd like to tell us what you would think about being handed a pamphlet going into a movie mm-hmm. you can find us at tim talk pod on Facebook, Twitter. Instagram and Gmail. Yes, um, I am at Lordifer on Twitter and Instagram. I haven't posted shit in a long time, so I don't know what you're going to expect to find there, but probably nothing. Hey, it's fine. Oh, actually, wait, hang on, that's not true. Um, I did I cross post it, but I mean, I'm going to self plug real fast. Get your mind out of the gutter, Cameron. Uh, new episode of Gay at Ford Yeah, yeah, that's a that's you could promote that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see why you couldn't promote that. Um, yeah, we did an episode called New Year, New Queer, about two months into the year. Nice. Uh, it about season three of Queer Eye? It is. Great. I did not watch the trailer for that. I've only seen like one episode of Queer Eye anyways. Again. I think I've also only seen one <laughs> episode of Queer Eye. The fact that I am woefully ignorant of gay pop culture is in fact the whole point of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we had CJ on to talk oh, about nice. New Year, New Queer. And it's, it's really, really fun. Um... Yes. Yeah, so that's linked in the show notes. You can go check that out. But, and we're get for pot, I think on Instagram. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh,
1: if you want to find me, uh, right. I'm you on Instagram. Do yeah, yeah. 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 Sorry. I was thinking about something else. Uh, if you want to find my art, you can find that at Cameron.dexter. Uh, I've been drawing a lot of the new Pokemon because they just announced gen eight. Of, of the they we got the first three starters and so I've been drawing Score Bunny over and over again for the entire weekend. I'll post some of those soon. Uh, and If you want to see my face and my adventures, you can find that at Cam Dexter underscore Adventures. Yeah, yeah, and that's it.
0: That's me. That's it. Uh, obviously, back next week with oh Captain Marvel is this week. It is. Oh, we got to figure something out to do with that. I'm out of town. I know you're out of town the the weekend. We're gonna see it together, and then you're going out of town. We'll yeah. think of something. Um, but certainly. Next time we talk about Batman, we'll also do our season two shortlist. Yes. Since we we didn't have time to prepare for it this week. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, look forward to more Batman Beyond. Look forward to our shortlist. Look forward to Captain Marvel. We are looking forward to it. Yes. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everybody. (laughs) Bye.